Welcome to the ADHD Book Club Podcast. It's Alien Abduction August. We're finally doing it. It's finally here. Fuck yeah. So excited. This is a thing we made up and we're basically just reading Alien Abduction and Alien Stories for August. I forget how this started exactly. I think this is because I wanted an excuse to try and get into an experience or a conference, right? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> I would like to go observe an experience or conference. We want to go. We want to talk to people. We want an excuse to do it for the podcast. And this is it. However, I do not want to have an experience. I do not need a close encounter of any kind. <laughs> um, I'm into it. You're down. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Mm, I mean, some of the descriptions of this book, I was like, okay, I don't, I don't need that. Nope. I don't know. It sounded pretty radical. Oof, it was something. <laughs> A quick follow-up. We talked about this in the episode about Judy Bloom. about part of the reason she was trending was the Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret movie. But also, there was, there was a documentary called Judy Bloom Forever. And it's on Amazon Prime, and I watched it, and it is really great. Uh, she's kind of awesome. Hell yeah. I kind of remember knowing that, like, as a kid, like, kind of thinking she was very cool, and the things that she wrote about were really interesting, but I've forgotten so much about it. But, like, all the fudge books, and Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, and Blubber, like, I remember reading a bunch of those once I was started watching the documentary, and I was like, oh, yeah. I feel like I must have, but I actually just don't think I ever did. <laughs> Maybe not. We talked about this last time, but this might be an age gap thing. No, but I fully, fully remember Judy Bloom though, being around. You were busy reading like Harry Potter books or something. No, I mean, that came out, I think, when I was in like fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. So is that the age of Judy Bloom? <laughs> I mean, that feels like the age when kids start reading Judy Bloom stuff. So then, yeah, I guess you're right. I was reading Harry Potter. I was fucking loved that shit. Yeah. My little sister was into it. It was into Harry Potter. That was sort of my entrance into it. Mm. Speaking of which, I did not plan this at all, but I've been listening to the Shrieking Shack podcast just to listen to <laughs> other podcasts about books. And it's kind of great. I'm officially renouncing my membership in Gryffindor House. They're all a bunch of magical jocks that turn into magical cops anyway. Um, I'm joining, I'm joining Hurtwood House. Uh, I don't think you get to pick. Did you do the, uh, Pottermore sorting hat thing? Oh yeah, of course. I know I'm a Gryffindor. I mean, I guess it makes sense. I've been a Gryffindor forever. Guess my house. It's Ravenclaw. That's so nice. Well, I was originally a Slytherin for a while and then we did the retest a couple years ago and I got Ravenclaw. So I say I'm like a Slytherin Ravenclaw rising. <laughs> a a Slytherclaw or whatever the dumb whatever the dumb portmanteau houses are. I don't know about those. There are other houses. I mean, there are, you know, it's it's basically exactly what you said. The weird combo. Hmm. I one time said like I'll do, I call it like a verbal dyslexia where I like switch the letters of the words. So instead of saying like, oh, he's kind of like a like nervous, awkward type. I said, he's an Arvis Knockward. And then I named my fish that because it sounded like something from Harry Potter. Arvis Knockward does sound, yeah, it's very Newt Scamander sounding. Yeah. Oh, Harry Potter world, whatever. Anyways, enough about the other kind of magic in the world. Let's get to alien magic. <laughs> yes, aliens. So we read The Andreas and Affair by Raymond E. Fowler. This was published in 1979, I think, but is an account from 1967 or 69. Is that right? Or am I doing this backwards? Yes, that's right. It's an account written in, yeah, in the late 70s about interviews that they did with her under hypnosis in like 1977 about an experience that she had in 1967 I believe you finished it I did finish it I finished it too I was gonna say we can we we always finish it now we can maybe we don't need to do this part anymore and then I fully just remembered that I absolutely <laughs> didn't finish Pride and Prejudice so no, but you finished Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, so you do have that. <laughs> That's true. I guess that maybe one third counts. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's three things instead of two. It's Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. So maybe I read 150% of it. You're fully ahead of finishing books. 
I read a whole extra thing. Hashtag math. (laughs) Okay, what do you think? Should people read this? I don't know. It's weird and cool and interesting. Like, um... It's like if you're curious about the details of an alien abduction outside of maybe what you see in movies-ish, read it. And see, I would not qualify it by saying outside of movies-ish because I feel like this feels to me like the basis for a lot of like kind of X-Files-y. I mean, that's why I said ish. Right. Like you're you're getting the extra part. Like there's like some weird extra details. Right. For example, they can't eat food unless it's burned. Have you ever heard that in a movie? Yeah, but that was a metaphor. That wasn't like a... Whatever. Okay, fine. I mean, I don't even know because I haven't even watched movies. Like, <laughs> so why am I trying to be like, have you ever even heard this? I guess because you would know. <laughs> I, I just mean the thing about the food was like, because she tried to give them food food. And then they were like, we don't eat food unless it's burned. And then she tried to give them like food set on fire. And they were like, that is not what we fucking mean. <laughs> they were they were like, no, we mean like knowledge that has been tested by fire. Oh, right. And then she gives them the Bible. And then they're like, yeah, this is kind of what we mean. <laughs> what? Oh my God, that was the prompt for the Bible. That's so funny. I was just like, that's so weird. They need their food like all the way burnt. I guess that's like cooked. That's probably what I was doing when they were like transitioning into like, no, tried by fire. And I'm like, yeah, it's put on fire. (laughs) No. God, it's so hard to listen to a book and think. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you got to just listen to the book and not think, man. Man. Just got to let it take you where it goes. You tell my cool brain to shut up, okay? I'm telling you, the secret The secret is to speed up the book. I saw a TikTok that this person was like, for all you neurospicy people. <gasps> where? where is it? I've been looking for it. Tap and hold the right corner of a video of a TikTok and like options will come, like all of them like share, blah, 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 playback speed. Oh my God. This is you've changed my life. This episode has changed my life. This whole podcast is worth it just for you to have told me how to speed up TikTok videos. Also, maybe I need to do this to get through the 84 that I have from you that I haven't looked at yet. I am so sorry. You're so behind. What is happening? I know. And there are things that I'm like, I want to send this to Corey, but then I have to look at that. There are two people that I have like 80 messages from that I can't, I can't do it, but I will. I will do it soon. I hope. It's fine. No, because I hate when people don't respond to my TikToks. I'm like, I sent this to you because I'm thinking of you. I don't I don't have any feelings about it one way or the other. I totally send memes and messages and <laughs> videos just into the void. It's true. I forget that like Facebook Messenger exists. I opened it today and I was like, Corey, I have like 15 videos I have to watch. <laughs> yeah, look, it's all like food and alien stuff. Oh, fuck. I'm missing alien stuff. Yeah, you're definitely missing an alien thing. It was like a man who, oh, now I need to pull it up since it's relevant to our interests. You got to just do it. Yeah, UFO sighting, the Joe Simonton story. It's a YouTube video, actually. You sent me a YouTube video? How long is it? It's four minutes long. Okay, I could do that. (laughs) Look, I don't send long YouTube videos. I don't watch long YouTube videos. Is this true? That sounds like a nightmare. Tell me about Joe. He's this old man farmer who like saw aliens out in his field or something. Aliens came and they, I don't remember anything about it. Oh, I do. I'm look, but only because I'm scrolling through the video. <laughs> they like gave him weird pancakes. He called them pancakes. I don't know what they actually are, but they gave him weird pancakes to eat and he tried them and he's holding one up in this video and it looks like fucking beef jerky. It looks terrible. It looks. Oh, does it look burned? Yeah, but. Huh, hmm, maybe it is literal. <laughs> maybe it is. It's also a black and white video, so it's hard to know what color this actually is. It could be fucking red. Like, it kind of looks like a flat strawberry. Maybe it's a flat strawberry. Aliens do kinky shit. Aliens be weird. Is that a shirt? <laughs> um, speaking of. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot. We do have our first official t-shirts. For Alien Abduction, August. Original concepts. Well, not original concepts. Original designs by us. But Corey drew the aliens based off of... I drew the aliens based on Becky... No, Betsy. Betty? Betty. This book. This fucking book. Look, I'm going (laughs) to complain about it right now. The two main people they talk about 
are the mom who was abducted, Betty Andreasen, and then the daughter, Becky Andreasen. Like, how dare they have such similar fucking names? <sighs> That's how you know it's a true story, because if it was made up, a person who made this up would pick less confusing names. So it's got to be real. And I mean, I guess technically their names are probably like Elizabeth and Rebecca, but still. Ugh. So anyway, we have t-shirts, Alien Abduction August t-shirts. And a mug. And a mug. And who knows what else by the time this comes out. <laughs> That's true. We might have put even more things on our website. It's a drawing I made based on a drawing Betty Andreasen made of Queska, the alien, like phasing through the wall. Yeah, they kind of move in like a vapor-ish or something. Like there's like, it's like a trail of themselves behind them. Yeah, it's great. And also she's an artist. We'll get into that later. I mean, they say she's it's, an artist and then you look at these pictures artist. that she drew in the book and they're like totally shitty, so... I thought maybe I was miscorrect in hearing that she's an artist, or I thought they meant it like she can draw some things. But then at the end, she's literally a fucking artist. <laughs> They're so bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Betty. It's fine. Sorry, Betty. Sorry we're impugning your art skills. All art is art. <laughs> mm. 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 We'll link to the shop in the show notes, so you can just easily find it and easily go buy some real cool merch. Support your favorite small podcast. Support your favorite rabid podcasters. (laughs) Ashley Bales and Corey Hunt. I think we forgot to tell you. I would hope you know by now, but if you're new, welcome. I'm Ashley. Oh my God. Did we not do our intro? I guess not. Did we go off the rails that quickly? You know, it's fine. But also, I guess we should say who we are in case anyone is new. Whatever. Our names exist somewhere. You'll find it. I'm, I'm Corey. I'm Ashley. Maybe it's like fun to be mysterious. What is my name? <laughs> so anyways, I guess read the book if you'd like to. If you're into alien shit, I think you might enjoy it. If you're not, then don't. It's like, it's kind of cool. It's kind of weird. It's kind of what you've heard before, but like a little more information. Yeah, a little more in depth. A bit of a religious touch. Yeah, Betty is Christian, and so she definitely relates to what's happening through that lens, as shown by the fact that she gives the aliens the Bible. Yes. They do talk about how maybe that influenced what she thought was happening. Right, because they communicate telepathically, and so it's possible that sort of some of what she was interpreting was not exactly what they're saying. Just she, yeah, exactly. To her, they might as well be God or angels. Right. Yes. That comparison also happens a few times. All right. Did you write a summary? Oh, I actually didn't. Oh. No. I wrote a bunch of other things down, but I didn't write a summary. Uh, Betty Andreessen uh, goes under hypnosis to recount what the time that she was abducted by aliens. And she does. I mean, we also just basically gave you all the fucking. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We've already been talking about it forever. But here's mine because it's kind of funny. It's like literally the same. And I wrote it down. <laughs> the Andreasen Affair chronicles the hypnotherapy sessions of Betty Andreasen as she recounts her repressed experience of being abducted by aliens. Capital A aliens. I didn't realize I did that. Hmm. Interesting. They're important. <laughs> all right. What do you think? Shall we? Spoiler it on three. Yeah, sure. One, two, two three. three. Spoiler. <laughs> you can't spoil this either. We already told you everything. <laughs> I mean, kind of. She got abducted by aliens, supposedly. I mean, look, sometimes even if you can't like spoil it, you just don't want to know the things. First of all, I was going to go look at the images when I finished the book because I didn't want any, anything to be spoiled for me. I just wanted to like hear about it first and then go look at it, which I forgot to do. <laughs> and then Corey sent me those pictures and I was fully floored like i guess the lines are good <laughs> and they're definitely worth looking at if you listened to this or if you are not going to read this book and are just listening to our podcast you should figure out how to look at these pictures because they're very funny they're not like terrible but also if you told me that like a marginally talented fourth grader drew them i would be like yeah that sure that tracks I mean, to be fair, I couldn't draw them, but like they call her an artist. They were like so happy that she had artistic talent. And I guess a lot of people who get abducted by aliens tend to have uh, artistic inclination so they can do, do these drawings really well or something. They said that. 
That sounds vaguely familiar. I don't really remember that part, but sure. So I was like, that's a weird fact. And just, I don't know why the art thing like really stuck with me. So when you showed me the picture, I was like, Whoa, no. Also, if this is what they consider artistic talent, then yeah, I would wager that like 90% of people who have been abducted by aliens <laughs> have artistic talent. Right, I guess. Yeah, I mean, to be, again, I maybe I could draw that. Again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Betty Andreasen. I'm sorry I'm making fun of your drawing skills. <laughs> I'm sure you're a lovely person. And these are reasonable looking aliens. They are also like maybe two steps above stick figures at best. <laughs> hey, do you think she's still alive? I didn't look that up. I didn't look that up either. I thought of it and then I didn't do it. Weirdly, I don't think there's like a Wikipedia for this. There's barely a Wikipedia entry on the book. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember seeing a link to her name. There were links in the article about the book to a couple of other famous abductions that now I'm not remembering the names of, mm -hmm. but not one to her. I think she's still alive. Come on the pod. Come on the pod. If she got remarried, then yeah. And she's a writer. She did get married because they talk about her new husband at the end of the book. Oh. Right? Like when they do the catch up stuff, like she meets Bob Luca and he also was an experiencer and they actually both underwent hypnosis. And they wrote a book, Lifting the Veil. Look, I feel like this is a deep rabbit hole we could go down. Everything you read, there's like another like, oh, also this. I'm glad she found someone that supports this. Yeah. She has an IMDb listing, too, so it looks like maybe uh, there's a documentary. Oh, she's been on episodes of Ancient Aliens, maybe. Oh, fun. Ooh, fun. Interesting. Yeah. Well, at the end of the book, they did tell us that someone has the rights to this book, and they've had them for a while now. I don't remember who they said. Some studio. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Shall we? Shall we uh, recap the alien abduction of Betty and Becky Andreasen? Yeah, let's do it. So I'm a little confused on how this even got to where they are. So the book really centers around them doing hypnotherapy for her to kind of unlock these like repressed experiences of alien abduction. So what led her to even seek the hypnotherapy? They mentioned that she wrote a letter at some point, but it wasn't really like clear how she decided this happened to her. That's a good question. And now I totally don't remember. I feel like at the end, when they follow up with her, somehow... It came about that like she met Bob and she and Bob both kind of figured out that they were abducted. It came out after she had been remarried. I don't know. The whole structure of the book is weird. See, and this I thought was her original husband realizing he also got abducted in the past. <laughs> no, no, it was not her original husband. Who I don't even know his name. Yeah, I don't remember her original husband's name either. Mr... Andreasen. Mr. Andreasen is the other. Is her, her original husband. Yeah, her original husband. The book is set up like it's about this one abduction that happens in 1967. She does all of these regression therapy hypnosis sessions and talks about this one abduction. And then all of a sudden, like at the end of the book, it's like, oh, also, by the way, she's been being abducted for her whole life. <laughs> Now she remembers that aliens have been in her life since she was like five years old. Aliens probably abducted her mom too. Aliens are abducting her kids. Aliens are abducting. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Her new husband. <laughs> aliens abducted her new husband. That's how they found each other. The aliens were like halfway <laughs> controlling them to like meet each other and get together. It's wild. Also, by the way, we didn't really mention this, I think, explicitly, but this is a true story. Yeah. A story that someone believes is true. A true recounting of being abducted by aliens to the truth that it can be given. Yeah. This is presented as a true story. Uh, the interviewers and the hypnosis guy are somehow related to MUFON. I don't remember how. Um, I also and don't you is... dare don't you dare ask me what MUFON stands for, Ashley, <laughs> because I don't remember. Look, here's what I know. I know the UFO in MUFON stands for UFO, and I don't remember what the M and the N stand for. Oh, okay. This is like the people that study the alien abductions. Yes. And Robert Fowler is part of this. I believe so. 
And then he also gets abducted by aliens. Yeah. Also, at the end, you find out that, yeah, that he is also an experiencer and like has been this whole time. An experiencer. You know, not that I'm like, oh, okay. Then all these people are making this up. But it is sort of like it, the book just sort of like flips at the end. I mean, I guess it's like the epilogue. So it it's allowed to flip. But it is weird. It's like an extended one. Right. And look, I guess I guess I was wrong when I said you can't spoil this alien abduction <laughs> recounting Spoiler. because because there is an ending that totally reframes the whole book as far as I'm concerned, where you're just like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. Because one of the things that happens in this abduction that they go over is that the aliens put a thing up their nose and remove like a little BB sized thing. And then by the end, you're like, Oh, that was an implant that they put in her head when she was a kid that's been there forever. Right, right, right. The aliens have been priming her and probing her and preparing her for the truth about aliens her whole life. And to have their babies. Oh, yeah. She does have an alien baby also, doesn't she? She does not have an alien baby. She can't have an alien baby. Oh, right. But okay, let's let's go. Let's talk about this abduction. We're like way at the end now, but they want to see if she's fit to have a child, basically. Um, but she had had a hysterectomy and they were surprised by that. Parts are missing. And that is what comes back later. That is like because they were priming her already as a kid. So they were surprised when her parts were now missing. Right. That's that circle. Right, right. So the aliens come. Yeah, so the aliens come. What is it like nighttime? The power goes out. The power kind of goes out. Where do they live? Somewhere in a foggy, like, valley. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. There's snow. Yeah, it's like March, I think, because or January? No, it's January. I remember this because in that epilogue, they sort of, from her memories and from things they know that happened, they kind of reverse engineer the date on when this happened. Yeah, exactly. It was That was interesting. The power went out, there was snow on the ground, the husband was in the hospital or had just been in the hospital or something. Like switched hospitals. Yeah, and so they were able to narrow down that this was like January 25th, 1967. It's something like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I mean, like to me, it's so much like the, you know, Mulder's sister gets abducted in the X-Files It's like bright lights, the power goes out. Everyone's accounts are very similar. I think that's why it's always like that and kind of just as corny, if you will, because of how they describe them. Like, yeah, their heads are like a little bigger and they have like slits for eyelids and they're kind of grayish, you know, and they're like skinny and long. Yeah, she basically describes typical alien grays. Yeah, Um, but my favorite thing is she's describing their clothes and she's saying that it seems like they're wearing like a shirt tucked into pants that's like really fitted, kind of like a scuba suit, like it's close to the skin. And then those doctors, I swear, they're putting a lot of things in her head. They'd be like, so the skin suit, like that's what they called it later. I'm like, she never said skin suit, but now it sounds like they're wearing human skin instead of just like a scuba suit. Why are you calling it a skin suit? Like, why'd you do that? And then she starts calling a skin suit. They did that so many times where they'd kind of like rename something and give it a little bit of a different meaning or like suggest something or ask a question that like would kind of get something specific out of her. It was kind of annoying. That's funny. I never pictured it being a human skin suit. I just was sort of like, oh, yeah, their jumpsuit, their alien jumpsuit. Yeah. But why did the doctors start calling it a skin suit? Who knows? Like she describes a suit and they're like, ah, a skin suit. (laughs) It's not a skin suit. Look, not a Hannibal Lecter skin suit. No, nothing scary, but very scary. Yeah, they come into her house. They like phase in through the walls. They're like little vapories. And the one alien introduces himself to her as Queska. And then he has like two little alien, two or three alien bros. And Queska's bigger. He's a little larger. He's like the leader. Yeah. For whatever reason, like she knows that Queska is clearly the leader. And then I forget exactly how this goes down, but basically they like freeze time, right? Yeah, everybody else is kind of in a suspended animation situation. Right. And then they talk to her. But like only mentally. They communicate kind of mentally. Yes, they communicate telepathically. With images. Sometimes in images and sometimes in words, right? Yeah, I think so. They mentioned the images thing, but then never like said that again. Right. But yeah, so basically they're like, you know, would you follow us? Would you follow us? Would you follow us? Would you follow us? <laughs> and she offers them food, which we've already discussed, where they're <laughs> like, no, we only eat food that's been burned, blah, blah, blah. And she gives them the Bible. And they're like, yeah, this 
this is kind of what we're talking about. Actually, this is what we mean. And they make like a giant bigger blue book that she thinks is maybe like the real bigger Bible. Yeah, they give her like a blue book that she later talks about as having Egyptian looking writing in it and kind of silvery glowing pages, right? Am I or am I making up that they're glowing? I don't remember. I actually don't remember her reading it. She must have. I know she like lost it. Like she was trying to find it and it like disappeared towards the end. Oh, right. Because they let her keep it for 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They need to prepare her to understand the truth. She's a worthy person to share the truth of the aliens and they're trying to make a fucking baby with her so they ask her would you follow us like repeatedly until she does which that was like kind of creepy like at the beginning I was like oh this is weird and then it was kind of not as weird anymore (laughs) but um yeah they take her into their ship she describes all this weird stuff they're very polite like they're they're like polite requests kind of created this illusion of free will but nothing was really free will right they're just like will you sit down and she doesn't but then she's like oh I would like to actually weird right they're like forcing her to do things. <laughs> right. They end up basically mind controlling her, even though they act like they're asking her if she would like to do things. And they put her they put her like in a chair thing. She draws a picture. There's a picture of the chair. Mm. Right. And it's like, I don't know, glass or something like she said it feels cold. I remember that. Yeah. And then her body, she her body is really heavy. She can't really move anymore. And they're going to start like testing her to see if she's okay like if she what did they say like we just need to make sure everything is right this is to to give her the alien baby they put a long silver needle up her nose until it breaks the membrane which yeah and then in through her belly button which they don't describe as graphically but like the membrane like it like made a noise like i I don't know if that was in my head or if she said it like popped but i didn't like it i think she did say that now that you say that it sounds familiar and gives me the chills fucking hated that so they do these like tests on her and then they like move her into this other thing that's going to fill with water. Right. The thing up there up her nose. Is that what lets her breathe? I forget. I don't know. I missed them like taking it out. I just knew that they put something in her nose. I didn't know they took something out of her head. They put a needle thing up her nose but eventually like a little bb looking thing comes out in this like gel like tub thing they have like a a hose that connects to her mouth and knows where she can breathe through right and they like feed her some sort of like goop that will help her travel through time or something yeah and she's like "Mm, it kind of tastes good actually and i was like oh stop it It's so weird because it's like, yeah, the mind control aspect makes her kind of be like, this is weird. I don't know about this. Oh, oh, but I kind of like it. I kind of want to do it now. Right. And they feed her the goop. And then... And then they go to another fucking like dimension or world or something. That's like so they can travel. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like I was just I was trying to remember if something else happens before that, but I don't think so. I mean, it's just like back and forth alien conversation, you know, nothing. (laughs) 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 Yeah, they go to another planet. And it's like the red place or the green place or the blue. Like there's like a hue that is intense. Like the red place isn't good. And there are these creatures running around on the buildings that are creepy, I guess. Yeah, there's a picture of those. There's a picture of those in the book. They look like weird monkeys, except for they don't really have heads. They have like two like eye stalks that kind of come out where their head would be. Oh my God. They're totally gross looking. There's a picture in the book that she drew of like a room full of them. Oh my God. And it just like gives me the creeps to think about being in that room. I cannot wait to go look at these pictures. Later on, though, I think they say that those lemur monkey types actually was how the aliens could like see things, right? Like they could see through their eyes. <sighs> Something like that. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense because they hate the red place. I don't think they hate the red place. It's like bad. It's bad because they can't breathe. Yeah. It's bad because they can't like survive in that atmosphere without their jumpsuits and without a bunch of stuff. I got the vibe though that this was like a bad place that they're kind of trying to like save by like starting a new alien baby race or something like that. She could help them make their place better in a way. Oh, that might be true. I don't remember that. I just remember thinking it was bad because they couldn't like survive there. Okay. Maybe that was it. But maybe they are trying to fix it so that they can. I don't I don't remember that part. 
I don't know. And then they go to like the green or the blue place, which is like super nice. Like she fucking loves it there. It's beautiful. Oh, right. There's like weird kind of buildings ish and nice greeneries and stuff. Like it sounds pretty. Yeah. Look, I want to go. I want to go. I'll go to the green blue place. I forget which color it was. Were the green place and the blue place two different places or were they the same place? I can't tell if there were two different places or if it was just one. Or did she describe it as both? I mean, I don't know. The other like pleasant place, I guess. I think they only went to two technically. There was at least a good place and a bad place. Yeah. The little lemurs made also made me think of the Langoliers from the Stephen King story. No, I haven't read that one. That's fine. <laughs> Maybe one day we will. But for those listening, like I also pictured like a weird, you know, Langoliers, the lemurs are like eating up everything. Oh, but they weren't quite eating up everything. But they were sort of like, I don't know. They were like menacing. But then the aliens were like, well, that's how we see what's happening. So I'm like, are are they you or are they not? No, I got the impression that they were a separate thing, but that somehow like the aliens used them for something. Big surprise. Aliens using people and things (laughs) lemurs god so they just take her there for like what no real reason and then they bring her back they show her around and then they bring her back and they say things like this is like she's getting ready to like learn the truth and like share the information so maybe that's what they're like showing her so that when it's her time to share with the world she has this information And then sort of later on in later hypnosis sessions, it almost seems like the aliens take her over in the present tense and communicate through her directly with the people asking her questions. Yeah, they were like probing too far down and then they answered some stuff, right? Yeah, they answered some questions. I don't know. It was a lot of sort of like... Yeah, there's a lot of little conversations yeah like numbers and code words and star CISO at some point there's a conversation where the religious stuff comes in where it's like maybe that's at the beginning and she's like are you god right she sees like the big glowing phoenix bird thing oh yeah she's a phoenix that's like 15 feet tall and it's glowing and that's like one of the things that they're kind of trying to show her yeah and there's a whole weird conversation between her and the hypnotizers i don't know what to call them the interviewers where she's like i don't know why they showed me this bird and they're like oh well the symbol of america is a bald eagle maybe this is a symbol she's like yeah that's it yeah exactly putting more words in her mouth (laughs) (laughs) they also flash to becky a little bit and they say when she goes under hypnosis she like reverts back to being like 11 or whatever even though she's like a 22 year old woman now Maybe she has the God conversation. I, I don't know. There, It was confusing who was who. I'm just calling everyone Betty except for that one fact. There's like a spiritual overtone to the whole thing. Yeah. With the Bible and with the burned knowledge and this glowing phoenix and kind of energy moving through bodies. All knowing, higher beings. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, but then they bring her back home. And Becky, you can tell, like, remembers some stuff, but she didn't go. She just saw her mom get abducted, I guess. Yeah, I think she, like, had an experience with them. Like, they talked, but she didn't go. Right. And this is sort of where it all flips at the end, too, where you're like, oh, and also the aliens have visited them a zillion times and they've abducted everyone in the family. So it's sort of hard to separate out what specifically happened in this one instance because, yeah, Queska drops her off. They let her keep the book for 10 days. I don't know why it's for 10 (laughs) days, but then she loses it or it disappears. I feel like the implication was the 10 days was up and the aliens, you know, made her return it to the alien library. I feel like it disappeared. They just like retrieved it psychically or whatever the hell. Probably. Yeah, and then that's kind of it. And then it sort of eventually goes into the update stuff where, yeah, she got a divorce. She met Bob Luca. He was also an abductee, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so I think that maybe she had some vague recollections or something. There was something with her father also. Like, he kind of remembered some things. Way no way ho. Right. When I was skimming through, because look, we're going to play a little game and I'm going to ask you how you spell these aliens names. (laughs) But as I was skimming through the book, trying to like find the aliens names so that I knew how to spell them, I came across Wayno Ejo and I was like, wait, who the fuck is that? 
Like, <laughs> like I don't remember that alien. I mean, I'm sure it's spelled really crazy because Finnish is so interesting. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much that part of the alien abduction. I don't know what prompts her. Maybe she like wrote a letter after hearing of some other accounts. And also during that time frame, like those couple years surrounding 1967 when this happened, there was like a ton of people seeing weird things, having these experiences. It was like the peak of the alien stuff. Right. Yeah. They talk about that too toward the end of the book. Yeah. They kind of try to really like lay out facts so that you'll believe them. Like this is why we think that she's being honest. Like they basically did some version of a lie detector test with her. They did a bunch of psychological studies on her and her family to make sure that there like isn't any ulterior motives before they even begin and make sure they're good people. And they have like a story of like, Betty is such a good person that (laughs) she like saw a robbery and called the police and told them the license plate number or something. Oh, right. I forgot about that. What a good person. Yeah. Basically, their point, though, is like she believes this story. Yes. We don't know that this is true for sure, but it does line up with a lot of other abduction stories and she believes it. Yeah, she believes it. There's no no lying. Right. They did like a full psych test on her and she seemed fine. Fine? Question mark? So... Do with that what you will. Um, Also, they mentioned that a mark that a lot of people who have been abducted by aliens have is this like little kind of like pinch on their calf or something on their leg. And um, Robert Fowler, our author, said he noticed one after a weird dream of alien type stuff. And the doctors couldn't figure it out. (laughs) I mean, it looks like a biopsy thing. Like it's basically a place where aliens took a scoop of tissue out of your body. (laughs) And... And he had one, too. He does. He does have one, too. So they, like, re-abduct her at the end or something, right? And then they kind of revisit and follow up with her all these years later. And maybe they do another round of hypnotherapy. I'm not exactly sure. I think so. Um, But she discusses how the aliens took her back to their, like, ship or whatever and showed her the other people that they had in there. I think they had, like, three other people in there. And they were having um, babies. Right. So they had basically taken the fetuses. I don't know if they were babies. They were they called them fetuses. I don't know how big they were, um, but they had what, like two fetuses and they basically did a bunch of weird shit. Like they said they circumcised their eyelids. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yuck. That's so fucking weird to say like that. Yeah, that's. Um, but yeah, they circumcised their eyelids and they did a bunch of tests on them and she like saw this. Yeah. I think it was them being like, look, everything's fine. We're doing what we said we would do. And she's like, what? But yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> right. No, and this is another part of the book where I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. But I don't remember why this was happening or what the point of this story was. I just remember hearing about fetuses in tanks. As soon as you said circumcised eyelids, I was like, oh, yeah, they did say that, didn't they? Yeah. Yuck. I mean, they do their best to like make this a cohesive story. I feel like the hypno sessions that they're discussing are trying to be in a bit of a chronological order, but it is also just this like, we're really trying to pick out these things from her mind and try to put it together into a story. So it it does get a little weird and she doesn't even know. She doesn't know how to say some of the things. She doesn't know what's really happened or how to like, you know, say it. Right. There is like a language slash metaphor barrier where she yes. kind of can't. For me too, the metaphor barrier. <laughs> <laughs> right, where she like can't explain some stuff. And like I forget at one point they were talking about like a planet or a star and they asked her the name and she was like, I don't know, I can't say it. It's like all a bunch of consonants. It's like a it's like a word I can't say. I don't know. They're singing it. They're singing the word and I can't tell you because it doesn't make any sense to me. And they're like, but what if you had to try? Could you try? <laughs> like, stop. There's also, while I was looking for the alien names, this jumped out at me. And this actually maybe relates a little bit to our next short story episode that we're doing this month. But this was part of the interview. There was something about the sun exploding. Oh, yeah. That's what they're preparing her for, right? Kind of. Joseph, one of the interviewers, is like, is this sun explosion in the future or in the past? And she says, the future and the past are the same as today to them. And he asks, does time exist? And she says, time to them is not like our time, but they know about our time. Ooh. Ooh. So they're like time travel Yeah, kind of. All right. It's hard to say what that means. Did you, did you watch Manifest, the show? <laughs> 
No, I haven't. We've talked about it, but I haven't watched it. Okay. The end of it came out, and there's a bit of that actually in it where one of the characters like dies and then kind of comes back and is kind of like, there is no time. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm in the past. I'm in the present. I'm right where I am now. Like everything is all one. And it's literally that same thing. They could have like gotten that idea from these aliens. It sounds very trial famidorian. Maybe we need to read Slaughterhouse Five. Speaking of classics. Ooh, okay. Let's put it on the list. Well, is that is that the book then? That is basically the book. Like you were saying, they sort of try to make it a narrative, but it's not quite really a narrative. It's a bunch of interviews. Yeah. And they don't all sort of line up into a totally coherent beginning to end story, especially when at the end they're like, oh, also, by the way, she was abducted a bunch of other times that we didn't tell you about. And some of them were before this and some were after this. And this is some of the stuff that happened then. And also, so was her husband way before then. And also, actually, so were some of us. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, that is basically the book. Would you rate it? I'd give this like a four. It's interesting and weird, but it's not like a story. And if you have any interest in this kind of thing, some of it's going to feel familiar to you. But then there are other additional details like the red planet and the lemur monkeys and the giant phoenix. So yeah, it's interesting. I'm not like disappointed that I read it, but also it's not super compelling. Yeah, I was like three and a half, four. I was having a tough time there. So, and I agree. I think, like, I'm glad I read it. That was interesting. I got more information on alien abductions than I had before. And I can't say I'd necessarily be like, yo, you got to read this book. But if you're into aliens, like, check it out. So, like, yeah, 50%, maybe a 60, yeah, three and a half, four, 3.7. Let's meet in the middle ish. <laughs> Perfect. Audible gave it a 4.6 out of 5, and Goodreads, it got a 4.04 out of 5. 4.6 out of 5? Holy shit. I mean, yeah, so strange, right? I was thinking the same thing. That's so high. It only has 50 reviews. (laughs) Okay. They call it absolutely enthralling. I don't know about that. It's interesting, (laughs) but I was not enthralled. No, but I mean, I think it's maybe the kind of people that would be drawn to read something like this are already like into it. You know what I mean? Right. It's probably one of those. That's true. Well, those are those scores. But also, unfortunately, there is only one one star review of this book on Goodreads. What? How many reviews did it get? It has 72 ratings and seven reviews. Wow. Which is also like super low. Weird. I feel like, you know, the Colleen Hoover books we've done have a million ratings. Yeah. I'm shocked. So one one star review for Bad Reads from EMAD. One star. Don't bother. If you're serious about the ufology topic and want to approach this topic with some respect and rational thought, go read Bud Hopkins or John Mack. This book is an insult and a pure commercial product. It is very possible that Betty and oh, he wrote Betty Anderson. That's not her name. Oh, it's not her name. It's Andreasen. Andreasen. It is very possible that Betty Anderson had an experience. However, halfway through this competent well-documented investigation in scare quotes the least educated person would have immediately spotted the quackery of a delusional impressionable person with delusions of prophecy if you read just a handful of good ufology investigations books you will begin to see the patterns and overarching beats of the alien abduction phenomenon, an approach that a serious investigator like Bud Hopkins uses. This book's contribution to our understanding, or at least the hope to understand, this phenomenon is no more than an oversalted fast food burger to a healthy diet. You mean a treat? (laughs) A delicious (laughs) treat. Books like this and Communion, spoiler alert, that's our book for next episode, and whatever garbage they spawned, muddy the waters, exploit the weak-minded, and gullible. I wonder if this same reviewer reviewed Communion. Hmm. Look, I will make sure to find it if you did. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, at least it was a long review, I guess, for our one one star. I'm also like so shocked, but it doesn't have a ton of reviews. Fascinating. I was hoping for some really good bad reads for this episode. 
there should have been like give me another poem say something crazy not like literally discount the credibility of someone's like boo boring <laughs> i know i wanted i wanted something crazy not like this isn't a good alien abduction book like those other ones <laughs> are any of them good i mean i'm just torn on this also it did make me want to read intruders by bud hopkins so i might do that mm, okay Anyway, bad reads. This is the second time we're about to do this, so maybe I need a name for this segment where I ask you to spell things, oh. but I don't know what to call it. We'll workshop that. The spelling game. <laughs> Terrible. Spelling bee. Spelling bee. That's a real thing. It's time for spelling bee. It's time. Yeah. <sighs> so, oh God. I counted five alien entities with names. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you how you think you spell them. And also, there's one that I was shocked at how it's spelled. And to me, it's partially based on how it's pronounced throughout the audiobook. So I'm going to go from kind of like the ones that are more obvious to me to the ones that were less obvious. So we'll start with an easy one. Okay. I'm ready. Jessup. Uh, J-E-S-S-U-P. Jessup. Got it. Yeah, correct. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> one for one. Okay, now, and I like when I found her, this name, I don't remember if this was actually an alien or who this person was, but she was kind of like a mystery ethereal figure that may or may not have been an alien. She she was like a woman in a green dress. Okay. But her name was Ishta. Don't remember that, but let's go with uh, I-S-H-T-A. Got it. All right. Oh, okay. Doing good. Yes. Um... <laughs> This is this is funny. When I initially wrote this down, I could not remember actually what his name was. And I wrote Antiamo, but that's not right. <laughs> it's not Antiamo. His name is Andantio. Oh, Andantio. How do you spell Andantio's name? A-N-D-A-N-T-E-O. It's very close. It's I-O at the end. Oh, mm, okay. I'm trying. I'm like preparing to get tricked here, and I'm. Tr I'm like, when do I start adding like a Y or switching? You know, and I was thinking that might be the one. Okay, I'm gonna say now is when you should start preparing to be tricked. Okay. And so far, I would have spelled these the same way. Also, by the way, they don't know how to spell these, so they decided how they should be spelled. They only heard them. She does. They don't have letters. They had the Egyptian scrolls. So like they made this up and they made it crazy. Maybe they wrote it down in that blue book. Maybe they like shared their name tags. <laughs> no, I think you're right. And you are going to lose your mind when I tell you how Kweska is spelled. But before that, Juha. Juha. G-U-E-W-H-A. -um, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get a little crazy. Too crazy? You got too crazy. Well, okay, how I would spell it if it was Juha would be J-U-H-A. That's how I spelled it. That's how I spelled it in my notes before I looked it up. J-U-H-A. Apparently, look, I don't know if this is my ears. I said it to you just now the way I heard it the entire time in the audiobook, which is Juha. It is J-O-O-H-O-P. Juhop. Juhop. <laughs> Which I never heard the P at the end. Juhop sounds like a very, like, that sounds like the name I would name an alien if I was writing an SNL sketch about aliens. If you are a child that thought they got abducted by aliens? <laughs> yeah, like, Jessup is like a person name. Ishta is like kind of a... Maybe a person name. Why not? Maybe a person name. Andantio is like an Italian guy that you meet on the street. That, he was fucking sexy. And then Juhop is like, huh, Juhop. That's like, yeah, that sounds like it's from a children's story about aliens. When you said it with a P, I almost like recollected hearing it. I wasn't recollecting it with Juha. So maybe I heard the P and didn't realize it. Maybe you did. Maybe I misheard it the entire time. But like I wrote it down J-U-H-A because that's what I was hearing. As soon as I looked it up in the book, I was like, what the fuck? Is that what they were saying the whole time? <laughs> but now, for now, no, 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 for real, I want to be clear. I want you to back me up here. Am I putting any spin on the ball when I say this name, Queska? No, it's Queska. Okay, 
Quesca. 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 Maybe Quesca. Yes. There's a little bit of sort of wobble in it. I feel like in the second half of the book, the guy starts pronouncing it slightly differently. But definitely to me, for at least the first half of the book, it's just, it sounds like Quesca. It sounds like Fresca the soda with a Q-U at the beginning. (laughs) That's how it sounds to me. That's what I heard. So how would you spell Quesca? I am influenced by how you initially spelled it to me, which was Q-U-E-S-C-A, I believe, Quesca. Yes, I believe in our text messages. That's how I spelled it, because that's what I was hearing. I mean, I want to still say it starts with a Q, but maybe this is part of the problem. Do do I get a hint? Do you want a hint? Yes, it does start with a Q. Okay, so Q, let me think. If I was being logical, I maybe would just add a Z, like Q-U-E-S-Z. K-A. But if I'm not, I might be like Q-W. When you look at it, you're like, okay, I guess. Well, then I'm going to go Q-U-I-S-Z-K-A. That's an admirable try. (laughs) And are you ready for it? Yes, let's go. It is spelled Q-U-A-Z-G-A-A. Quazga. Quasga. Yeah, like I would never, ever in a million years. It did not have a G, 100%. I get that those aren't worlds different, but I heard I heard Quesca the whole time. And then to see Quasga, I was like, what? <laughs> I need to go look at these pictures. I cannot wait. I highly recommend all of these pictures. We both have Scribd. Corey's still going to do an episode that will talk about ways to read books, but Scribd has the like, you know, visual version. So you can scroll through that as well. Yeah. Scribd has the audiobook and the text. Okay, cool. They were talking about her drawings. I was like, oh, I want to go look so bad, but I didn't want to spoil it for myself if I like found a collection of the drawings. But now my Googling shows that I, there's probably not much on this book for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Look, we didn't do tons of research. Maybe this has been thoroughly debunked. Oh. Maybe just like Emad said, any reputable ufologist would already know that this book is garbage (laughs) juice. Maybe I've just guaranteed that I'm never going to be invited to an experience or conference by covering this book like it's serious shit. But (laughs) we're open to it. Invite us. We'll talk about whatever you want at an experience or conference. We'll host a panel. We'll interview people. Oh, my God. We'd be great at interviewing people. Duh, we have a podcast. Exactly. It's not chaotic at all. No, it's totally normal. (laughs) Very normal podcast. (laughs) I think next time we need to touch back on this and do some research in the meantime. Okay. Let's just just find out. We'll do some Googling. We'll do some digging. Next episode, we'll talk about our findings. We'll come back. We'll talk about our findings. We'll talk about communion. Yes, our next book is Communion by Whitley Stryber. And I think I'm going to watch the Christopher Walken movie, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. I will, too, then. If there's a movie, I'll do it. Yeah. Have I watched this? It sounds vaguely familiar to me. Like, it sounds like a thing that I may have seen, like, on, you know, HBO when I was a kid and just was like, what the fuck was this? It's old. Yeah, it's from the 80s. It's not the one with Amy Adams. No. That's Arrival, and that is actually... It's based on Story of Your Life by Ted Chang, which is our second shorts episode. So you could watch Arrival, too, if you want. Oh, fun. Okay. Hell yeah. I'm excited. I didn't even know that. What a surprise for me. <laughs> Actually, I think you just sent it to me, and I'm an, I didn't like open it. <laughs> My bad. That's fine. Hashtag ADHD. Look, we're good. Um, real quick, Communion is 320 pages, which makes it a 12-hour and 14-minute audiobook. You know, fun fun times. I guess that kind of maths. I give up. I give up the... Yeah, I've, I've given up trying to correlate those two at all. It do, yeah, it doesn't correlate. Um, Communion was written in 1987, so maybe this is a little bit of a later account, but maybe not. But Andreas and Affair came out first, 1979, but Communion, I think, is more famous. Yes. Alien Abduction, August. And maybe next year we'll do Betty Andreessen's book. What was it called? Lifting up. Uh, the Lifting of the Veil. Is that right? Lifting of the Veil. Yeah, I think something like that. And Intruders by Bud Hopkins. Look, Alien Abduction, August is here to stay every year. Every year. Don't forget about it. And also, please invite us to your experiencer conference. We want to experience an experiencer <laughs> conference. 
I, I really do. Alien stuff is so fun. I just love it. You know, there's got to be something like can't not be can't be whatever. You know what I mean? There's just like it's too crazy that there's we're just the only ones here. Exactly. Like, are we really just being shunned by the universe because we're made of meat? <laughs> exactly. Maybe. I mean, that's the best explanation I've ever heard of why we're like alone out here. It is really good. <laughs> just ugh, those ones are disgusting. Don't talk to them. They flap their meat to make sounds like gross. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. It's a perfect short story. It's so good. What do you think? That this really happened or not? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to reserve judgment. Let's read Convenient first and compare notes because I don't know. Oh, I love this. Okay. I don't fucking know either. I didn't have a good answer for this. I asked you a question that I also can't answer. And I was like, why do I always do that? Why do I always ask people questions that I don't have an answer to myself? Because they will be like, what about you? And I'm like, oh, shit. I know. I do that all the time too, right? Or like, I'll think of it just in time as I'll be like, oh, wait, don't ask that because you don't have a good answer for that. Don't do it. (laughs) Okay. We'll discuss after communion what we think the truth. But we know what we do know. The truth is out there. The truth is out there. I was going to say that too. Great, Corey. How's your cool brain? It is fine. I was out for a walk earlier and I knew we were doing this and I had an answer. I was like, oh, Ashley's going to ask me how my brain is. And I have a very specific answer about how it is. (laughs) And I've totally forgotten what my answer was. So clearly, like, not good. Full of holes. Full of holes. (laughs) Not not retaining any information. But it's fine. It's totally fine, I guess. Look, uh, couldn't have been very important, right? Couldn't couldn't have been very important, I guess. I mean, (laughs) come on. The amount of really important shit that can slide through our brains. It could have been really important. Yeah. Let's be real here. What about you? How's your cool brain? Yeah, I think it's fine. I, um, <gasps> what? I did. I remembered. I remembered. Oh. And actually, I remembered so good that it's what we already talked about. My new hyperfixation <laughs> is listening to episodes of the Shrieking Shack podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, that's how my brain has been, is I've been avoiding doing other things by listening to The Shrieking Shack, which is kind of great. Hell yeah. I love a good, like, avoidant technique. Yeah, it's, oh, it's really good. Oh, so good. <laughs> and bad. How's, so, look, I did it. I remembered. I remembered ahead of time. <laughs> so on top of it, like, you read one and a half books for one episode. You, like... <laughs> You, you did your cool brain up top. I'm fucking crushing it at podcast. As usual, podcast champion. Yes. How <laughs> is your brain? You started talking about it and then, and then I remembered. <laughs> um, yeah, mine's fine. I've been pretty busy and then my computer is full and that's super obnoxious when we're trying to do this. So I'm like, let me get my external hard drive out that I know I have somewhere. So um you know, the what are they called? Doom boxes or doom drawers, right? Where it's like yeah. a common like kind of ADHD thing where you put a bunch of shit in a box or a drawer and forget about it. Yeah. I found out I'm a doom bag girl. And I guess I should have known. But um, I was like, I think it's in I think it's in one of these bags, but it could also be in this bag of shit that I like took off my computer desk one time. And so I pulled down all three of those bags. And one of them was like just old sketch class stuff from like a decade ago amazing and improv stuff it was wild and then the other one is like weird fashion stuff from also like a decade ago and i thought i want to be a fashion designer this you know i literally decided i want to design clothes and applied to fashion school like that was what a hyperfixation. how did i not know <laughs> like i went ham on this application i did not get in because i've like already been out of high school for like a year or two i'm older I hadn't been working on this forever and I only applied to like the best school that I could find because why do anything halfway? Um, But I'm proud of that work that I did for that even if I didn't get in and then decided that's not for me. Um, But so I had all this fabric and all these like sketches and all this stuff in this other bag. I had an eraser that I like was a pen that I opened and it just poof. It was like so (laughs) So old old that it just crumbled into dust. Amazing. Like what? I didn't know that could happen. And then I went through like the computer desk one, which had a bunch of like important documents that were on my desk so that I would handle them (laughs) that I then put in a bag and was like, don't forget about this bag. Um, But I did. And then I was like, oh, I think it's in my important 
folder. And then I pulled that down and it was, and then it's not even really an external hard drive. So I have to get one, but now I have a bunch of piles of things that I have to finish going through Mm -hmm. around my apartment. And instead of doing that yesterday, I was like, oh, I got to go park my car, move my car for street sweeping. It's getting kind of late. It's going to get hard to find parking. So I should go now. Oh, I guess I'll go to the grocery store while I'm in my car. Oh, I saw three new TikTok videos that I really want to try the recipes. Let me buy all the ingredients to make all of these recipes and then come home and go, oh, let me just make them. Like why? All of them at once. All of them. I did. (laughs) Anyways, so my brain is like that. It's like all these different piles of things that I should do, but I'm not. But also it felt really good to just do that yesterday. Sounds good. So I guess that's how my brain is. But um, all right. Yeah. Sorry, I really went hard on that cool brain. I think that was it, huh? I think that's it. Thank you to The Last Skeptic for music. I've been Ashley. I've been Corey. This was a podcast. Thank you.